you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, ready, set, begin. David, football, football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Hope you had a happy July 4th. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes, Stitcher, and NFL.com slash Sheck. All right, here we are once again in Studio 4, our temporary home, until... Studio 66 is ready to be unveiled and rebranded. Studio 66, maximum strength. In the meantime, joined here in Studio 4 for some kibitzing about the upcoming Top 100 list. The final 10 names unveiled on Wednesday night. It is, uh, I always get confused, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, and that would make it 8 p.m. Midwest. Central is what they call that one, and that means mountain is what? 8 p.m. All right, so we've covered that, and so let's talk about those final 10 names, where they're going to come in, and more importantly, which names were left off this list entirely or undervalued um, with a guy who wrote a fine piece that's up on NFL.com. He's one of our pals from the Around the League podcast, which you also should subscribe and listen to regularly. They're keeping you up to speed on all things as kickoff comes closer and closer with each passing second. Just like we are here on the Dave Damashek football program, I'm talking about Chris Wessling. What's the poop, fella? Not much. Just getting ready for this Germany-Brazil game. Yes, we're coming at you on Tuesday, 1230-ish, a big uh, soccer game coming up. Black tie, furiously trying to get this one in before the game kicks off or whatever. Is that what it's called, a kickoff black tie? It is called a kickoff. That is correct. Before the game kicks off, a battle for the minds of soccer fans. It's Brazil, South America versus uh, Europa different styles of play that leads it. You know, last year we talked about that. Oh, also let's say hello to uh, the other guy here in studio four, all the way from England. He's a tremendous Miami dolphins fan and not a not, soccer fan though. And he did not. And he's really a man without a country in a way. Cause he also refuses to acknowledge independence day here in the U S of a that's cause he was born and raised in the UK. I'm speaking of course of handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. Hello, handsome. How are you? Very well indeed. Thank you, Dave. How are you? Fine. How did you spend uh, your 4th of July? In mourning, as always. <laughs> <laughs> we got you. Yeah, you guys got us again. We got you again. Actually, you know what? In truth, I went to, I attended a parade, a 4th of July parade, and did I waved you? a miniature American flag. How about that? So, you know. Your maybe, transformation yeah, is exactly. complete. 
except that you already really don't seem to care much about anything that goes on in the UK. You not did true. not. Well, you didn't shed a tear when England lost in the World Cup. But I will be avidly at about 4 a.m. tomorrow. England play India in the first cricket test of, That's uh, the thing of their with you. series. And I will be, I'll be there. You don't care much about uh, a lot of the food in, in England. You don't uh, sing songs about that that much. Who does? Well, well I, right. mean, I don't know that they have their own national dish. Like Indian food I love, which is kind fish of Fish and chips is what's yeah, English. But, I mean, like, come on, it's fish. It's you can't fish. get worked up it's about not... a shepherd's pie. It's uh, a... you oh, can. I oh, like yeah, a shepherd's can. pie. Have you mm. ever had a nice shepherd's pie, Wesley? I've had shepherd's pie. I wouldn't call it nice. I can make you an... I'll make you a shepherd's pie one day. Okay. Is or that a promise? Yeah, because it's... I love that. Maybe that could be my pie this year, actually, for the Ooh, for Thanksgiving. Ooh, yeah, the uh, the great pie-off. We'll do it again in uh, yeah. Thanksgiving around Thanksgiving time, uh, the reigning champion. Another around the leaguer, Dan Hansus. He put his ladies, not just one, but both his ladies in the kitchen. His ma, his uh, his wife and her mom in the kitchen. They emerged with a delicious uh, bourbon pecan pie right. that claimed the 2013 Shecky Award for well, best pie. Well, let's not forget it was never really mentioned at the time because look, we all have to be happy for him. But but they didn't claim it. He claimed the championship. That's right. But it was interesting I don't see that any... he, hadn't, he played no part in making it, <laughs> but he claimed the championship. Well, they hand the uh, the Lombardi trophy to the owner of the I team, guess. don't they? Which Good isn't point. to imply that Dan owns either of those women. No. <laughs> right. Let's talk about the top 100 here. And Oh, but the question I was going to ask, I'm sorry, is this seems like a pretty juicy Final Four for mm-hmm. soccer fans. It seems like if before the thing, I knew that these were four great teams and different styles and great storylines and uh, some of, at least, or most of the best players, Neymar, accepted with the uh, with the injury. But what do you think right now, as we sit here in July, fellas, what would be the juiciest Final Four matchup about six months or so from now? What would be the greatest title Sunday for us? We did this last year, if you'll recall, and I think it sort of stays the same. The easy one to throw out that I will take away from you is a lot of people would be fine with a repeat of what we saw. Seahawks 49ers on one side, Broncos and Patriots on the other. Right. Let's shake it up a little bit, though. How say you, handsome or West? Go ahead. I think, I, well, here's, here's how I would shake up the NFC at least, because I think I would, you know, we're going to see, we know we're going to see Seahawks 49ers twice in the season, which is, pro, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's rich enough for all of our appetites. Do we need a third bite at that? How about the Seahawks and their defense that, that won them a Super Bowl last year against the, the highly respected and praised Chip Kelly Eagles offense? Ooh. If that works out the way that people think it might Fun. do this time around, you know, with, with, with some additions. Anything that steers towards a regional Super right. Bowl would be cool. I always like that. You know, if you ever could get Giants and Jets, that would be swell stuff. Obviously, a year ago would have been even better in the Meadowlands. But, you know, obviously, Eagles, Steelers would be cool. Cowboys, Texans, and so on. Wes, how say I've, you? I've got a callback to my last appearance on this very podcast when we discussed the possibility of the New Orleans Saints having the best record in the NFL this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And if they have home field advantage, it will be tough to beat them. And I like the Packers to bounce back in a big way. So I think Packers Saints Ooh, that would be that would a be great fun. NFC. That is in marvelous. Ooh, you've got to take Bay. the Saints out of their dome. All right, put them in Green Look, Bay. I'm on board with that. that. I'd much rather see a game in Green Bay. Right. Well, we can pick up where we. I agree with that completely. I mean, if you watched the Niners at the Packers last uh, last January, it's just great to, to seeing the, the the plumes of of smoke coming mm. from their heads and uh, all that jazz. It's it's just great stuff when it's uh, snowy and all that sort of thing. Cue Twitter to tell you that that's not smoke coming off. Their Whatever, heads. steam. What is it, I'm handsome? Sure you, uh, what is steam. it? It's steam. Steam. It Maybe smoke, but if it is, then they. That's probably not what they should be. Doing. They'll that's probably right. be suspended. Yeah. I, yes, that's right. And we don't need to talk about that anymore, do oh, we? No. no, indeed. Not uh, not smoking. Not this week. Not, uh, not taking any of that stuff. Um, Bears-Packers would be great. Seahawks, I, it starts the season, and of course that's a callback to Fail Mary 1. What if you got Packers, what if the Packers hosted the reigning champions the, uh, the Seattle Seahawks mm-hmm. that in Lambeau. That would be a fun game. That yeah. would be great because we'll, we'll resolve once and for all this fail Mary business in week one. We could either go back up there and see that one again. What if the Packers beat them? How about this? Seahawks lose at home, which would buck the trend. Only the Giants two years ago, they're the only home team to ever lose the season kickoff game out of eight or nine go-rounds. The only time that's ever happened was the Cowboys two years ago beat them. So the Seahawks should likely win that game, not to mention the fact that they 
almost always win when they're at home. But what if the Packers went in there and beat them? Now that would be, and then the, the Seahawks go on a great run, and they don't lose again all through the, the regular season. It'd be great if the Packers then went back up there to see who's the best in the NFC. Yeah. I think that would be a good that one. That would be great. All right. Let's not talk about that any further right now. I want to get together a proper list, which I will handsome, and then uh, you can put it on your fancy NFL.com site there. Meantime, uh, Chris Wessling has already gone and done that, and he has listed his 10 greatest, how did you call it again? Snubs. Oversight snubs. Snubs. That's straight out snubs. <clears throat> to me, the one guy who's on the list who is way, way, way too low is Matt Forte at number 91. How Matt Forte, and in fact, it was interesting, way back, however many weeks ago it was, in the first episode of the Top 100 Reaction Show, which I'm on right after. In fact, if you're listening on Tuesday, we're doing a preview show of that this evening, and then on Wednesday night, you can uh, you can see us talk about uh, the final 10 names up there. I can't imagine it's going to be anybody other than Peyton Manning, given the season he just came off of. Um, but Matt Forte was steamed that he was so low on that. He and, and was not kidding around. Did not like he thought it was disrespectful that he was all the way back there at ninety one. How say you on that one, Wes? Uh I was shocked that he was below Charles Clay. <laughs> <laughs> How about just to me the thing I do is I throw out the what their overall number is and look at it where they rank among their, their peer group. And for him to be behind Eddie Lacey, I thought that was a real slap in the face. I would take Eddie Lacey over Matt Forte. You would, huh? Yes. Because? Because I think he's more talented, and I think he's more of a tone setter, and I think you need that physicality in, in the playoffs, and I like mm. – especially Eddie Lacy beats people up. Especially in Green Bay as well. Yeah. He feels like a Packers-type player, whereas Forte is kind of – the Bears need a Eddie Lacy equivalent, and they don't really have that. Forte is more finesse than he, than, than he is kind of just raw. Isn't that an down. interesting thing? You know, we all try to divine what the – is there a common ingredient, if we look back over the last you know, three or four world champions, what do they all have? And I try to figure that out. And the thing I, I have been pointing to over the last year or so is depth. If you have overall team depth, that puts you in great, uh, great position there. The Seahawks had it, the Ravens had it, and so on. The, the Niners have had it and, and not coincidentally have been in three straight title games and all of that. Um, but I but so so the banger back is an interesting theory because Ray Rice kind of is that was co- sort of that for his team and Bernard Pierce definitely and Bernard is Pierce that kind of back and Marshawn Lynch of course Marshawn and Frank Lynch. Gore is a, a banger type I see I covet in my brain in Mark Tressman's offense I, you know Matt Forte should uh, you know at least from a fantasy perspective and in fact we'll talk fantasy in just a few minutes here with uh, Michael Fabiano the hardest working man in uh, fantasy. He'll jump in here with Hall us. Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's right. I think uh, Forte's in store for a great season, but maybe you're right. Maybe it is about uh, the three yards and cloud of dust I, type of guy. Yeah, that's just a preference on my end. I'm not saying Lacey's a better player. I would rather have Lacey than Forte. You know, the other thing is, too, uh, um, there's an instant debate also at NFL.com right now because the three running backs to be unveiled in this top 10 on the top 100 go Adrian Peterson, Shady McCoy, Jamal Charles. I'm not sure of the order, but I think I would rather have on my team either Jamal Charles or Shady McCoy over Adrian Peterson because they catch the football. Isn't Isn't that a valuable asset in 2014, more so than it was a decade ago? I'm, listen, believe me, you know I love uh, teams that pound the football, but it seems like it's more important to have a guy who can do both things these days. I would take Peterson, and I don't think it's close. I hmm. think there's a huge gap between him and the second-best running wow. back in the league. I, I, I take issue actually more with just the fact that there are three running backs in the top ten Isn't players that funny? in the NFL. That just doesn't seem in this day and age, it doesn't seem like – Sh- and, and I don't. I, I think Peterson is the best of those three. There's the, he's the guy you'd most want on your team right now. I agree with you on the the fact that the other two probably. Yeah, forget catch five out years. Talk about right. just the guy you want for this upcoming right. season. You I, would take I Peterson. I think he's the guy. I like the fact the other two can catch, but I, I don't think that they can do some Peterson of the other can things. Catch he just can fine. do. Yeah, he, they he, just I don't use just, him. That they way. don't use him that way, and he hasn't really had the people to throw him the ball either. Um, but. But there's no way there should be three running backs in the top ten in the NFL well, right now. over JJ Watt, over Aaron Rodgers. That's that's insane. I hear you. Yeah, when I when when doing the math on what was left, we realized last week. Oh, they're going to be three runners in this in this top uh, ten here. That seems funny given all the talk about the quarterback league and all that jazz. 
But their numbers are beyond argument. I mean, individually, what are you going to do? You can't leave Jamal Charles after not just one, but I mean, the, the two straight seasons he's put together. You take away that knee injury. By the way, I don't know if this is getting over my skis and if he gets hurt, uh, you know, in week one this year and never is the same again, then this goes out the window. But assuming decent health the rest of his career, I, Jamal Charles is definitely going to the Hall of Fame, right? Well, he's a running back in his mid to late 20s. I don't think we can assume anything. Running backs get hurt at the drop of a hat. I don't. I don't, it, but I think at this way, pace, it's, it's beyond debate. I mean, he's on a historic pace that he put I, I together. I don't think so. I, I think really? it's way too early to say just because of run. There are a lot of running backs. Look at the 80s. Guys like Billy Sims, William Andrews. Uh, who was the other guy? I was just thinking. Um, I, I, well, we talk about both those guys quite Kurt a bit Warner. here. And Kurt Warner. Yeah, all these guys guy were here. dynamite earlier in their careers, and they just played seven or eight good years right. instead I of think, 10 or 12. I think he compares to Sean Alexander as a more recent comparison, as like a guy who could do it all, but then, you know, was, was his, his star burnt bright for a relatively short amount of time. He is getting, uh, he's getting a heavy workload, that's for sure, with KC. I'll I tell you one thing about him. I, I'm not ready to crown him for the Hall of Fame, but right now I'll crown him the NFL's most underrated player. And I agree. I, at the very anyway. least, he's the most underrated yeah. running back. I know he's – he makes – Underrated. Look up the word underrated. You know, it's a, just because he's a pro bowler doesn't right. mean that people still don't sleep on him a little bit. I mean, it's a, obviously I say that about a lot of guys in the NFL. Guys in the Hall of Fame are underrated still. People mm-hmm. still don't recognize how important they were. I think Jamal Charles, yeah, that's exactly right. He's the most underrated guy in the NFL. He's, I mean, he's – people – Adrian Peterson has that 2,000-yard season and, and and hail him for his great comeback. Jamal Charles did the same thing. He had, what, 1,600, 1,700 right. yards that year? It just happened to fall uh, in the same year where Peterson did his even more uh, dynamic stuff. I just want to put in a plug for Jordy Nelson as the most underrated player in the NFL. But Jamal Charles mm. would be right there with Well, him. we're getting to the quarterback and r- wide receiver combos in one second here we're gonna we're gonna jump to that um but we agree that Peyton Manning will be one here and there's zero debate about that there's no debate there. you know Shady McCoy let me just say this about him though I was talking to one Willie McGinnis I bring that up because I'm a name dropper and also because he said something interesting I said won't they miss Deshaun Jackson the Eagles this year because everything went through Shady a year ago but it's still required that Deshaun Jackson was there to take advantage when the defenses moved in that, that then you could go up top to Deshaun Jackson he said that will still be the case and it and it really isn't all that important if you consider Darren Sproles and Shady McCoy lining up behind in the shotgun behind Nick Foles. And there's just simply, it's simple math that it will be impossible for defenses to handle this. You really think they're going to play on the field that often together? Well, I mean, I I don't know. I hadn't really considered it, but... but, That's usually uh, an off-season topic that never comes to fruition during the season. Well, I I, I obviously don't know, but but the way McGinnis drew it up for me, he just did the, the, you know, X's on the top, uh, uh, O's on the bottom, and said this. How is an NFL linebacker supposed to contend with this? You flank out your uh, Cooper and uh, Jeremy Macklin, and you streak them deep. You have the two tight ends that you can uh, that you can run up the center of the field. There's simply no way that NFL linebackers are going to be able to cover Darren Sproles and Shady McCoy out of the backfield in space. You're going to have one-on-one coverage on both of those guys, and if you get either one of them the ball with any sort of room, the linebacker is going to be no match for them. Sounds like my Seahawks-Eagles NFC Championship games aren't going to happen. It was fascinating. And the Eagles, um, by the way, their defense should at least be better. So that's interesting. All right, now, uh, Wes, let's get to your thing here because we got a lot of noise from the Czech Republic even, and I didn't care for the attacks I received verbally. Let me say this. Because last week, here's a handsome set off the cuff. Hey, did you hear Andy Dalton? Uh, or that uh, Hugh Jackson says Andy Dalton and A.J. Green are the best QB wide receiver combo in the NFL. Handsome laughed at that and said, we could come up with 10 names. I doubted that we could do it, but then I was proven wrong. We did it. We named even 11 of them. Well, one of them you didn't allow. I didn't. I said put it on the back burner. I didn't ultimately say no, but anyway, fine. I ceded to your wishes, to Black Tie's wishes, and everyone else's. You were outvoted Fine. In, in your own studio. It's because, embar- it was an embarrassment it was a, I, Listen, it wasn't my greatest moment, but I'm a man of the people, and I allowed it ultimately, didn't right. I? So I said Matt Ryan. You said Matt Ryan. 
and Julio Jones. I said, ah, is that really that much better than Andy Dalton and A.J. Green? I'm not so sure oh, about yeah. that. While you were throwing out RG3 and Pierre Garçon as an option, as a, as a viable option. I mean, ahead listen, of those two. this story about RG3 is the most – I we're going to talk about Matt Ryan. But this thing about RG3, everybody has such an axe to grind with this guy. And maybe he was behind the scenes manipulating things with uh, Shanahan and there was a power play going on there. But it's as though people have, it seems to me, people have completely forgotten what he did two years ago. The, I mean, the historically great season he had in his rookie season. It's as though it didn't happen. Everybody's like, oh, this is a big year for RG3. He better show up this year or he's in a lot of trouble. Well, listen, he was hurt last year, right? I, mean, I don't get what that – all right, let's talk about Matt Ryan. Though. I just I, – I keep hearing and reading stuff about RG3 that positions him as though he's Mark Sanchez. I mean, he, he was terrific. The last time we saw him playing at full strength – well, actually, we haven't seen him playing before in full strength since the regular season of his rookie year. But, you know, he almost beat the Seahawks. And He's going to be comeback player of the year this year. You think so? Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I feel very confident about that. Can they win the division? They can, yes. I'm not saying they will, but yeah, I that's say the Eagles possible. are the most. If I had to say you, you have to bet your life on one team winning one division, I would take the Eagles to win the NFC East. Really? I would not. Yeah. Who would you take? Uh, the Broncos to win yeah. the AFC West. That's the, the if you want my life, mm. that's the one that I'm, yeah, I'm going to put my life on. That really, division. I you would feel yeah, very good about that. There's more, crunch, there's more of a crunch. Who's going to beat NFC the Broncos East? in that division? The Chargers. What? Could happen. Hmm. Could. And they have a, and they have a brutal schedule. The Broncos. I mean, they all the teams in the division. They're better do. than every team they face. All right. Now listen, I, I asked you a question. Don't get cross with me. If I'm the one <laughs> dead, then uh, I'll be dead. Fair enough. Um, all right. Now, so Matt Ryan, make your case here. Cause I'm, I must be missing something to me. Matt Ryan is, and to make it clear, I am not comparing the cut. The debate isn't, do I think Matt Ryan is one of the five worst quarterbacks in the NFL? No, I don't. I, the standard is, is he one of the eight or 10 best quarterbacks in the NFL to that? I say, no, no, he is not. What am I missing here? Wes? Well, let's start at, at last year. He was overrated, ranked 17th on the top 100 overall. That was too high for Matt Ryan. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were talking about this in the newsroom yesterday. I don't think he's a guy who carries his team like Andrew Luck can at his greatest moments. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, these guys can carry their team. I think he's more in that Phillip Rivers category where he's as good as he can possibly be without making his surrounding talent better. I think when Julio Jones went down, I said on the ATL podcast, people are going to find out that Matt Ryan isn't the offense. Julio Jones is. He's the one who takes the double coverage and allows Tony hmm. Gonzalez to work the middle of the field, allows Roddy White to do his thing, opens up the running game. But then after he went down and people started hating on Matt Ryan because his numbers weren't as bad, I was watching the games every week, and I'm saying this guy's the exact same quarterback he's always right. been. And it wasn't just Julio. Remember, Roddy White was carrying Roddy that, White that went down. ankle injury he turned the Harry, whole season. He turned Harry Douglas into right. a 1,000-yard receiver, which is pretty good. But when you watch the film, he played the exact same. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league, makes as good a decisions as just about anybody. In the last two years, here's the list of quarterbacks with a higher completion percentage than Matt Ryan, Peyton Manning. Well, Here's I mean, listen, if, you, if we want to – let me just say, because there are two sides uh, that can go either way for you. Like you say, you're talking about making guys better or are they making you better. Whereas, to me, Aaron Rodgers, and I agree with you, you, you just released, in fact, last week on NFL.com, and you can look it up. I completely agree with your assessment. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL, but, of course, you've heard me say that a million times already. And the thing that is – Hard to, uh, you know, this is something that uh, people who talk about sports for a living like to say, is he makes guys around him better. But who does that better? That was always the greatest thing about Michael Jordan is look at how he elevated the guys around him. Uh, You know, Tom Brady does it legitimately, but Aaron Rodgers. I mean, what about all the guys, all the the so-so wide receivers? I mean, is Greg Jennings now? There you go, underrating Jordy Nelson. Well, listen, I'm not underrating him, but would Jordy Nelson be a star? I think he would, yeah. He'd be a star anywhere. I think Rodgers helps him, but I think Rodgers would be a star anywhere. Some if of the Jordy Nelson, makes- if you, how about this? What if you put Julio Jones on the Packers and put Jordy Nelson on the Falcons? I think Julio Jones is the better player. Yeah. But would Jordy Nelson set the world on fire statistically the way he has in Green Bay? Yeah, I think he would still do great. The one thing with Jordy is that his skills mesh with Aaron Rodgers so well 
especially the back shoulder throw, which Rodgers seems to have made into an art or a science or whatever he's doing with the back shoulder throw. And Rodgers is the best boundary receiver in the NFL. Sideline catches, back of the end zone catches, nobody does it better than him. Matt Ryan has been in the NFL for six seasons, and he has won one playoff game, which is not Romo-esque. It is what Romo has done in his career. Right, but then you started comparing what Matt Ryan had done in the playoffs to Andy Dalton in the playoffs. Matt Ryan in the playoffs has a touchdown-interception ratio of 9-7. to Andy Dalton has one touchdown and six picks. All right, but in, listen. In three playoff games, I Andy think Dalton Andy Dalton is sub. I don't think Andy Dalton Aaron is. Rodgers has done in all the playoff games he's played. I first of all advocate removing Andy Dalton. I think they should have done that in this offseason. I don't you think never they came should have up rolled. with a better solution. Nor did they. I think and there if, wasn't one out there for them. That's that, that's. I definitely disagree with you about that. They could have drafted Derek Carr. That would have been a better solution with the with the weapons that they have. With a guy the window, who can push with it. also with the window that they have, with the weapons they have and the defense they have. I'm not sure I agree with you. I don't think you want to start with a. With I'll a repeat what that, I keep saying. You watch, AJ. Here's what's going to happen. This thing's coming to a head in Cincinnati this year. They can accept Andy Dalton. There. This is what happens with a fan base, with a local media gang, and so on. A team starts getting better and better, and it's exciting. Oh, we made the playoffs now! Oh, now we have to win a playoff game. Now, now we have to. Now we have to start that. You get become. You become. Uh, um, uh, you know, uh, not all, all that excited about that. Now you have to. Now it's time for the the Bengals fans, the media, and everybody else is going to start coming down on Andy Dalton if he doesn't deliver. You watch. AJ McCarron's going to start a game at least one that and will not be caused by injury. But anyway, Matt Ryan is a guy who has benefited, just as we say guys make other, you know, some quarterbacks make his receivers better. How, I mean, who has benefited more from Julio Jones, Roddy White, and Tony Gonzalez? I, I, I mean, I only say it half kiddingly. I would throw 15 or 20 pe- touchdown passes a year with those guys as catching my passes. NFL quarterbacks are judged. I might get intercepted, though, like double digits is the only double thing. Double digits, you yeah, think? I might get to like 10, I 12. I think triple digits INTs. Anyway, I'm sorry. NFL quarterbacks are judged by people in the game on what they do on third downs, close and late in games, and in the playoffs. Matt Ryan was in the top three quarterbacks on third downs last year, even without his wide receivers in a bad offensive line. Entering last season, he had more fourth quarter overtime comebacks than any quarterback in the league since he entered the league. And in the playoffs – I can give him a pass for his first couple years in the league. He wasn't experienced. Mm-hmm. 2012, against the Seahawks and 49ers, two of the best defenses in the NFL, averaged 325 yards a game, three touchdowns a game, 70% completions, over 100 passer rating. And really, those numbers go up even higher against the 49ers. Almost 400 yards, nine and a half yards per attempt, and a 115 passer rating. And they lose the game, and he gets blamed for that. Final couple of thoughts, and then we'll move on to a little bit of fantasy talk here. Um, But uh, here's the thing to me with Matt Ryan. Again, just one career playoff victory at this point. One. It's it's way early. As you touch on, and this isn't something that is uh, unique to him, many quarterbacks suffer from this. I mean, it's hard to rank him too highly when he can't do if oh the offensive line isn't good oh well then then he's not going to do anything this well, year. Well he still finished second in the NFL in completion percentage last year. All right With so I guess banner. he did do I mean something. he still had pretty good numbers. All right listen I think you largely win this argument and when I'm wrong I say I'm wrong like Jerry Orbach does at the end of Dirty Dancing. I am wrong apparently about Matt Ryan and I will accept your words. I do though think it's not a great uh, little uh, kryptonite to have that, well, uh, all the heat's off me if the offensive line is crummy. I can just point to that and say that needs to be fixed before, uh, before I can do anything Which else. Which is why I would not rank him over Andrew Luck and Big Ben. And the other thing is, um, I do think 2014 is a humongous year for Matt Ryan. I think, and, and in fact, for all the Falcons, for the organization as it stands. If they don't, I mean, how far do you expect them to go, Is I guess is the question, because both sides of the line have been addressed. Julio Jones is back. They lose Tony Gonzalez, of course. Steven Jackson's a little long in the tooth, but they now have some uh, some nice options carrying the ball otherwise there. This is a team that 
is going to obviously be better than 2-14. and 14. Do you think they can be better than 8-8 eight and eight in that division? We agree the Saints are going to be good. Yeah. The Buccaneers' defense is going to be good. The Panthers' defense should be good. I don't know what's going to be overall with either the Bucs or the Panthers, but they're both interesting at least to wait and see what happens with them. I don't see them doing much better than 8-8, eight and eight, and if they don't, I think I – think, uh, uh, their head coach is out. I think uh, the GM's out. I think there's going to be a lot. It'll be a massive shakeup. I think that's a tough division. I think the Falcons come in second. It wouldn't surprise me if they go 11-5 and five or 10-6. and six. I think their defense is way better than people think. They really bulked up the defensive line. They're moving to more of a 3-4 look. They got a genuine nose tackle in Solii. Uh, picked up run-stuffing defensive end in Tyson Jackson and another one in draft in Rashidi Hegeman. I think they're going to be a lot bigger and more physical than everybody's used to. And I think that will go a long way. It would not surprise me. And whether they go 11-5 and five or 7-9, and nine, I think Dimitrov is safe as GM. Hmm. Mike Smith might be another. Um, all right, Wes. Great stuff. I think, like I say, I give you – well, you know what? I'm going to let uh, Black Tie make the decision here. Who wins this? I, I, you know why? I'm in a generous mood. I know the, uh, the Atlanta native over there is going to say that, uh, <laughs> that Wes won also because he likes – he's just spiteful towards me. Black tie is. Go ahead. I'm going to let uh, AJ Hawk take it away. Damon Shrek's a genius. Oh, except thank you're you. not. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, Hank and I told you last week. There's no way that you know you. Pre- All right, I clearly put it on have there. something against Matt Ryan. I have, clearly. That is, I mean, they why would you feed? Why would you feed? What those weirdos on Twitter accuse me of. They, they sound like they're 11 years old. Why do you hate you? All you <laughs> say is hateful stuff about my team. You never say anything nice about it. <laughs> I, I, I will repeat for the millionth time. I have no axe to grind with any team in the NFL. I don't hate any team in the NFL. I've met too many players from all the teams, even the Baltimore Ravens. It's not my preference to see the Ravens win, but I don't care ultimately. I only like one football team. You understand? That's you got that black tie? I Stop perpetuating the jive that I that I have I have something against Matt Ryan. Interaction. Hashtag DGFP. All right. Well, there's some good. good questions flowing in. Any questions you want us to answer here on the show, hashtag a DDFP, and we will uh, we'll see if we can ha- answer them just like we did this one because everybody came after me because I said Matt Ryan wasn't good enough, and they called for their hero, Chris Wessling, to defend Matty Ice's honor, and now so he has, and we bid him good day and good riddance for showing me up on my own show. I don't like that, Wes. See, it was a good effort. Well, I hope you'll have me back again in no. spite of that. No, now you're on a six-month probation until Double the Falcons go 7-9. and nine. If the Falcons go 7-9, and nine, I want you back in here in, in uh, round New Year's to admit you were wrong and I was right. That's fair, and I will uh, do my best Jerry Orbach act. All right, very good. Beat it. Around the League podcast, and again, his top ten greatest snubs on this year's list. We didn't even talk about those. The one you left off was Keenan Allen. Could have been Rookie of the Year. The Chargers wouldn't have gone to the playoffs without Keenan Allen. Rather have T.Y. Hilton, Hilton, says Chris Wessling. Yeah, but Keenan Allen was a major snub on the top 100 list. Who? Oh, and uh, Julius Thomas, our pal from uh, Soccer Talk a few weeks ago, also doesn't even make the top 100 list after uh, the season he put together. Charles Clay made it. I know. It's cuckoo. That list, man, comes up with some cuckoo conclusions. Anyway, all right, let's kibitz now about fantasy football. I know it's just July now. And, in fact, I was thinking in the car ride down here today, I'm going to be doing my fantasy draft. My big league probably is now still about two months away. But I'll be doing drafts about four weeks from now. It's time to get going. The man who just walked into Studio 4, though, is the hardest working man in fantasy. He goes 365 on the subject of fantasy football. You absolutely need to be following him for all your fantasy news. And he is uh, up there publishing uh, a bunch of stuff to get you ready for your draft at NFL.com. I'm speaking, of course, of the Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. What's the poop, fella? What's going on, my friend? Uh, I hate to disappoint you because I don't have an accent like Westling and Handsome Hank do. No. I'm just You've being... already disappointed me by being a front runner for all teams. Here we so you go. Continue to Here talk. we go. Can I tell you? Are you are you a Germany a fan now in Cowboys soccer? Cowboys fan has not been all that pleasant in the last seventeen years. No, and I okay. know. And I've seen you. That's half of my fandom. Right and there, I pal. see you bemoaning your uh, your Yankees. I know. On, uh, they can't hit. On well, Twitter they hit against well. Minnesota and they hit against Cleveland last night, but. 
boy, I don't know. They they, they need to make some trades. Brandon did you, did you happen to see it. what Jeter did against the Tribe on Monday night? What's uh, that? Duping. He pretended the guy was coming into second base, and he faked him out into thinking that oh, uh, the yes, ball was yes. on the yep, way. Yep. <laughs> that was very clever. He's, he may not yeah, be. He's been around the league for yeah, a while. So. He may not be uh, uh, all that uh, you know gifted athletically anymore, but he's still uh, a cagey hey, he's guy. Still, he's still doing all right. Yeah, that was good. So, all right, let's kibitz now about fantasy and where do you want to go what do you want what do you want to talk about here i saw that you have up on nfl.com your 20 essential tips to know in front of doing a draft what do you what tell get share so share a few of those it's not so much tips as it is statistical facts that you should keep in mind for example peyton manning 5400 yards passing last year almost 55 uh, 55 touchdown passes, and people automatically look back at what a guy did last year and think they're going to get it again mm. in 2014, the next season. But if you look historically at quarterbacks who've thrown for 5,000 yards, no one's ever done it in back-to-back years except for Dave Damashek. Mm. Aaron Rodgers? No. Drew Brees. I should have known that. I knew it wasn't Drew Rodgers. Brees and... Quarterbacks who throw for 40 touchdown passes in one season, the following season, typically see a pretty drastic drop in touchdown passes. It's a 13.8 touchdown pass decrease on average, and that doesn't count Tom wow. Brady in 2008 because he missed most of that season with the ACL. Uh, Drew Brees is the only quarterback in the history of the league to go 40-40. That's some stat. So you're seasons. saying that if you're being smart and you're the first guy to take a QB in your draft, don't make it Peyton Manning. I would say that you should not reach for Peyton Manning as one of the first 10 picks. Uh, you know me. I'm not going to draft a quarterback anywhere near there. Right. Because you're not guaranteed to get the same production. He's going to be good. He's Peyton Manning. He's going to be great. He's going to throw for 4,000, 4,500, and give you somewhere around 40 touchdowns. But keep in mind, that's a pretty big decline based on what he did last year. It's almost like Adrian Peterson two years ago when he rushed for almost 2,100 yards and was the top scoring running back in fantasy. Well, last year, he only finished eighth. It's good. It's a top 10 finish. But if you were expecting the 2012 numbers, you were disappointed. I want to talk about running backs in a second, but uh, uh, regarding the Broncos, mm-hmm. my pal the Dutch Mook won my big league last year, okay. employing a fascinating strategy that when he did it, I was intrigued that I wanted to see how it would play out before I advocated for it. He cornered the market on the Denver Broncos. He went all in. He got pay- and we And by the way, you can really... I guess you could do this in a snake draft, in just a regular old snake draft. But my league is a an auction league, so it makes it easier to, to do it. But either way, I think you could kind of line it up and do it in a regular 10 or 12 team league. He got Peyton Manning, Demarius Thomas, Julius Thomas, Sean Moreno. Pretty good. And Wes Welker. So he didn't have Eric Decker, and so there were some things did, missing out. He did luck out in that he drafted players from the offense of the greatest statistical offense in the history of the league. I think you need to. I think that is right. But, I think if you say if, – if, if you said – I think part of the wrinkle is – I think you touch on the key to it. Right now, if you said – I'm going to do that with the Broncos again this year. You will struggle because you'll get a fight when that you know fantasy football. Just like when we talk about the top 100, why are there? Why, how do you figure Russell Wilson is so high on the list this year? Because he won the Super Bowl. So right. that when you win with the to the victor go the spoils, people have a perception around in fantasy terms. Well, that Broncos offense in 2013 is the all-time offense. Ergo, I just need to load up on those pieces. As you just pointed out there, statistically, that's not a guarantee. What you need to do is suss out who is a little bit of a diamond in the rough offense. What offense is going to explode and corner the market on it? I'll tell you a good one. The Washington Redskins. They have, what have got you get a, RG3? Ton, a ton of offensive weapons. You could do this in, realistically with your draft. You, would, you wouldn't even – you could take in the first round – I guess you could take Alfred Morris if you're at the back end there. I wouldn't. He's a second or third rounder. Okay. So so you could take uh, you, you could take a legit running back. You could get well, whoever it is, Shady McCoy, Jamal Charles, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whoever you – Matt Forte is going to have a big year. But then starting in the second round, you could go Alfred Morris. Then you could come back with Deshaun Jackson. Then you could go Pierre Garçon and then go RG3. I'd gar- and I'd then go Jordan Garçon Reed. First. Yeah. Would you? 
I like Garcon that's better probably, than Jackson. That's probably true. But either way, you could realistically do that in a 12-team league. Those guys are slotted the way I just laid them out, pretty much where you would get them, and you could win your fantasy league. The downside to this strategy is when they get shut out or they only score 10 points You're in a dead. given week, that is going to be a loss. You just can't have that happen in the playoffs. But if they're going to do it three out of four weeks, if they're going to put up a big offensive number, your fantasy team is definitely going to the playoffs. And you know what advantage they have, just like the rest of the NFC East? They play my beloved, awful, defenseless Cowboys twice in every season. I'll tell you what. They are, the more I think the about this are strategy, be I think this gold, is good. gold, Dave. Think about it. Their defense is going to be awful. Right. Historically bad. Mm-hmm. And they're going to score a lot of points. You're going to see the Cowboys playing in like 38 to 30 games, probably on the losing end of that. But they are going to give up a lot of points. They're going to score a lot of fantasy points. So Tony Romo, heck, I, I'd, I'd take him as my QB1 if I was really wanting to wait on a quarterback until after the 10th round. You could probably get Romo somewhere around round 10 because of this. To your so point, deep. right. That's all, Murray, this is why Fabiano, if you're a newcomer to fantasy or haven't really thought through your strategy, Fabiano and I have parked our cars in the same garage mm-hmm. on this for a long time. Cow, uh, QBs, everybody's throwing the ball. Therefore, you're going to be able to get a decent option right. at 10 or 12. However, running backs, why is gold valuable? Because it's it rare. Never depreciates. You don't no, Well, that's it, but that's not the that's not the <laughs> metaphor I was going for. The metaphor I was going for here was that it, it, it's that it's rare, so it makes it precious, you see. That's what bona fide mm-hmm. running backs who put up big numbers are in the NFL now. There are only 12 guys or 14 guys who really you can lean on and expect to get nice numbers uh, from a fantasy perspective from. And so let, let the running back, I mean, let the QB go to round six, round eight, round 10 even. Make sure you load up on those running backs. That's your cardinal rule, right? I was in a draft, yes. I was in a draft with industry types two or three weeks ago and employed my strategy, waited on a quarterback. I got Cam Newton in the 10th round. I don't care that his wide receivers are questionable and that he's coming off of an ankle procedure. I got Cam Newton in the 10th round, Dave. Mm-hmm. He's finished no worse than fourth in fantasy points at quarterback in the last three years, in his three years at the pro level. And I got Phillip Rivers two rounds later. Hmm. Phillip Rivers was sixth in fantasy points at quarterback. You can wait. If it's Romo, if it's Matt Ryan, who I think is going to have a very good season as long as his weapons hold up, mm-hmm. Roddy White and, and Julio Jones. But there are so many quarterbacks. Heck, I like Johnny Manziel. I don't know if there's a rule around here that every show has to include there's at least a roll one around here. Johnny Manziel. Get it, roll, because he roll, was rolling. Yeah, yeah, I got I you. Do we, do we have, like, an applause thing? Or? Nah, okay. it's not worth it. Then, there you go. <laughs> but I, I'm, And people may think I'm nuts here, but I think Manziel, at some point next season... <laughs> Sorry, I like I AJ laugh, Lock chiming in there. Uh, Damashek's laugh just makes me laugh. But I would, <laughs> I would argue that Manziel could become... A low QB one at some point this season, and people will be starting him week in and week out because they'll run. I, exactly, but they have, but they exactly. have, they have dreadful many, outside of Jordan Cameron. They have nobody. Do to you catch know the how ball. many fantasy points Johnny Manziel averaged at Texas A and M? Just don't you dare just, throw out his A and M numbers. No, 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 no. Just on his rushing totals. Just on his rushing totals, he averaged almost sixteen fantasy points a game just as a rusher. <laughs> okay, so if you that's take, going deep, if black you take time, half you see, of that, he's using SEC numbers. If you take half of that. And he averages eight fantasy points a game just as a runner, which is right Right. around the same number of fantasy points that Tim Tebow averaged when he was just running the football in his starts with the Denver Broncos. You can't can't see a scenario where Johnny Manziel gives you nine to ten points per game as a passer, too. Um, I mean, he's, it's fascinating. he's locked no. and loaded to be a fantasy So, player. real quick then. So, we yeah. know, obviously, the first, if you're doing it the right way, at least, and the people in your league are doing it the right way, Adrian Peterson, some combination of these names will come out, but mm-hmm. it'll go Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles, um, Shady McCoy. Matt Forte. I think, you know what I think? I think, I, yeah, Matt Forte, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you about Matt Forte yep. in just a second here. I think I might go Jamal Charles. If I have the first overall pick, I might go Jamal Charles. Here's, he will continue to be the featured weapon yes. in his offense. You don't know exactly how it's going to go down in Philly now, how Darren Sproles might cut into it. I mean, Shady's still the man. I would think long and hard about Shady, but I would not take Peterson. 
Oh, I number one? Number one overall. Oh, I love Peterson. All right. Well, it's not him. crazy, but yeah. I'm just, I uh, love him. Jamal Charles has lost three offensive linemen. Remember that. I'm yeah, not saying true. that I wouldn't. True enough. Take True enough, right. And no running back since 2006, 2007 has gone number one back-to-back at running uh, at, based on fantasy points. So hmm. that was LT. So Charles is not going to finish number one. He's probably going to finish in the top eight. Uh, I don't think there's any, any doubt about that. But I'm going with Peterson because of the North Turner factor because they want to get him open in space. They want to, they want to get him the football as a, as a pass catcher. I don't care about 29 years old. He's not human. I, I, he came back from a, a reconstructed knee and blew up the whole league with mm-hmm. almost 2,100 rushing yards. This is going to be Adrian Peterson's last elite statistical season. And then he's going to be good for a year or two, and then he'll fall off. And then Just Jerry like, Jones will trade for him. <laughs> exactly. In 2018. Exactly, and, and probably give him like $10 million a year. Um, so, yeah, well, that that's, steers us towards a conversation about one of your other favorite teams, the L.A. Lakers, overspending to get hey, I don't want to talk about that right now, yeah. guys. What are the Lakers have, like, two guys under contract right Just now? Just tell me like this. Like Kobe and Nash, and that's it? Last question yeah. of, uh, of this show here is um, the three great rookie runners last year. Mm-hmm. You know, you can roll the dice on Ryan Matthews and DeMarco Murray and all those guys. But to me, at running back, in real terms and in fantasy, I, if I were a GM, give me the give me the young guys. Because at that position, you just take a beating, and it's unfortunate, but it's a reality. Mm-hmm. To me, the guys I would love to have are the, the two of the three sophomore stars. Gio Bernard. Love him. Eddie Lacy. Right. And 26 for the Pittsburgh Steelers. How of do you course, lay those Le'Veon out? Bell. Well, Lacey's going to be one of the six or seven first picks in every draft. Um, I have him ranked sixth at running back right now. I love Gio Bernard. I love, love, You think love he him. blows it up this year? I think he could. He, I mean, you know about these versatile running backs throughout the, the course of the, the National I, Football I, League. I have a sneaking like suspicion Roger he does. Roger Craig kind of thing. Yeah. Like a Charlie Garner kind of thing. I'm not talking about build. I'm talking about production. Right. He can catch the ball to the backfield. He can run it. I'm not saying he's going to be a 1,000-yard back. 1,500 scrimmage yards and 8 to 10 touchdowns? I Totally. I, I could totally see that. Le'Veon Bell, first-round pick. No doubt about it. I don't like that. That line's going to be good. I don't like that. Yes, the line's going to be very good as long as they stay healthy. I don't like that he averaged under four yards a carry as a rookie, but it doesn't bother me he enough. He was banged it up, and that, me and that line be, was abysmal. Right. To, it's different now. He's going to be a first-round pick. He can catch the ball you in think, the backfield. Well, all three of those guys would be first-round picks. I think Bernard may be late first round of a 12-team league, but those guys are gone after the first 15 picks in every draft as far as I'm concerned. I feel like if you have this option in your draft this year, if because one of my leagues we do a thing where you – Whoever came in last last year gets to pick where they draft, mm-hmm. and, and then the champion gets the last pick, of course. I, if you have that as a wrinkle in your in your league, I almost would take picks 12 and 13 for exactly what you're saying, because I think you might get Levy and Bell and Gio Bernard, and then you got two young runners, and you're all set to go. I almost would rather do that versus, like, say, Jamal Charles and, you know, I don't even know what would be – if you're talking about running backs, you're yeah, probably you... looking at Zach Stacy somewhere See, like that. If you that in the second no round, if me. you want to go running back, running back, I never do that. I go running back, wide receiver, and then I fill out my running backs, wide receivers in the next next few rounds. But if you're looking at just going running back, running back, so say Charles is going to cost you what first, second, or third overall pick, right? Mm-hmm. Then you're at the end of the second round. I, that's probably what you're looking at. Antonio Brownish. If you're right, is that about at wide the, receiver? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no question. Right, Antonio Brown is right around there. Alshon Jeffrey, somebody in that sort of in, mm-hmm. on that sort of tier. But at the running back position, Doug Martin will probably be gone at that point. I would think maybe you can get a Reggie Bush. You see what I'm like saying? That, or an Andre Ellington. Better to be like at that. the back end of the first round and get those two guys. Sure. Um, anyway, you see, he doesn't even need notes. He just does it all off the top of his head. He can summit what he can summon what guy is going to be there in the third round at the back end based on yeah, all but of I, the. I've lost a does. lot of really valuable information to like football and fantasy stats. I, you know, sometimes I don't even know what the hell my mother's name is. I'm I just know. Like, what? And, and you've also huh? lost, well, you long ago lost your honor when you started as a Would New you, Yorker rooting for the L.A. I'm Lakers. I'm from Connecticut. And for Carolina hoops. Jeez. Where's your dignity, man? Listen, All right. I told you, the what? whole geographic limitations on being a fan 
That don't hold any water. I know, but what's exciting is that uh, in we're we're just like a week or less away from uh, who just scored their black tie uh, Germany. Three zip to Germany. What? Wait, wait, what? Twenty-four minutes in. They have three Germany's goals. Putting it on. Oh my yep. God! Fabiano has a Brazil's new favorite uh, soccer no, team. No, I don't. He loves Germany. I don't now. pay any attention to soccer. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I know you that love Germany they around, now. Though. They run around for ninety minutes and score one goal. Yeah, that's yeah. why fantasy soccer is not popular because they don't have any categories. <laughs> what the heck do you do? That is a great idea. Fantasy soccer would be the worst ever. I know you'd you'd win like two to one. I'd be <laughs> yeah. Your total it's boring. Week, your week total. You'd have to do it over a month. I know exactly. I'd Beat you four three on the over the course of a month. Although some of these soccer teams are scoring more points than the uh, Yankees were scoring runs earlier in the month. But um, all right, great stuff, Fabiana. We'll continue doing this as uh, as the fantasy. Um, drafts get closer and closer here. Like I say, we'll probably be getting those going, or you will probably be getting those Oh, you'll be in a mock draft very soon, my friend. I promise you. I'm down for that noise. I like seeing how it plays out. So, yeah, yeah, we'll definitely do that uh, over the next uh, four or five weeks here. And uh, so thanks to Fabiano for jumping in. Always a pleasure. Black ties going crazy. What is it? Is this? Four to Germany. Wait a minute. Is this the craziest? This is the craziest. Wait, that kid's crying. Wow. Yeah, I'd cry too. Four goals. Wait a second, Black Tie. Is this history? This is history. What's the biggest blowout in semifinal history? I'm sure some completely overmatched team snuck in. How many minutes is it? 25 minutes in? 25 minutes in. Brazil hasn't lost at home in about 40 years. Yeah, they're about to. (laughs) You think? Wow. This is loco. And it's 25 minutes in. This could get. I mean, it's our. If if you told if I told you before the game, I said, "Oh yeah, Germany's going to win three nothing." You would say, "What a what a humiliation!" It's four nothing. And, and you know what? Too everyone in Brazil took the day off of work. The streets uh, are probably sad. empty. They're all at the game or watching the game. Eh, maybe the bad. fates are weighing in here because Brazil. This, this is a good time to call it call it, call it a show, guys. This black tie. <laughs> black tie doesn't know what he's getting. Yeah, he wants to go watch the game. If I this do, podcast I, doesn't reach your ears for another two weeks, it's because black tie's yeah. head is spinning so fast this, right now. The St. Matthew Dano family does have some Brazilian blood, so this is this is this is rough right now. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry, black tie. This well, is uh, sorry for the people of Brazil. My yeah. goodness, unbelievable. All right, well, listen, we'll uh, we'll get over it because uh, we focus on our brand of football, so we'll have another podcast Real for you later in the week but uh, in the meantime thanks to Westling thanks to Handsome Hank Black Tie and Fabiano we'll talk to you later on thanks so much football fans it's been a thin slice of heaven you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring your day immediately gets better That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.